Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who is so freaking happy that this is tequila in her cup tonight. And I'm Vervada, the girl who, you know, finished her antibiotics on Monday, so I'm drinking wine tonight. Woo! <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> Needed after the week I've had. Ugh. Same. This should be whiskey. It's tequila. Master no, mine should be whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, and if you are new here, welcome to the beautiful chaos. But you should know that our podcast centers on characters and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters using specific in-game dialogue. So if you want to stay spoiler-free then this is not the podcast for you. So, here's your fucking spoiler alert. Keela Salai, and thanks for the spoiler alert, N7. And just like with all of our previous episodes, we'll assume you have some background knowledge on the game and character in question, but we'll be providing context for those of you who may be unfamiliar. Also, we will be discussing childhood trauma and related struggles. So here's your content warning. So, let's set the scene. The year is 2287, but the world ended on October 23rd, 2077, when the bombs fell. Some people were lucky and survived the nuclear blasts and ensuing radiation by living in vaults created by the company Vault Tech. The sole survivor, or the character you play as through Fallout 4, is one such person. They found refuge in Vault 111 with their spouse and child. Or at least they thought they did. See, Vault Tech took the unique opportunity presented by the apocalypse to run some truly unethical, and in some cases, downright criminal experiments. Seeing as everyone from the pre-war times are pretty much dead, that data is mostly useless. It makes you wonder why they bothered at all. Honestly. Vault 111, though, is actually pretty safe for a Vault Tech vault. Everyone was cryogenically frozen, except for a few minutes when some unnamed assailant shoots your spouse in the cryotank across from you and steals your baby. 
Welcome to the Wasteland, stranger. It's basically the Wild West with radiation. Hopefully you've played a Fallout game or two, because they truly are some amazing games. In Fallout 4, like in other Fallout games, you can eventually get a companion to follow you around. Me, I'm a traditional dog meat kind of girl, but in Fallout 4, there's some human companions, and some not-so-human, that you can travel with. Well, romance is a strong word, but these two girls have decided we will rate and analyze all that the world of video game romance has to offer, and that includes the lover's embrace perk. As we said, the companions in this game that you can romance are more like friends with benefits, but they are great characters and worth discussing. So, while we don't really have any actual gameplay footage to go off of, we can still talk about what a relationship would be like with a character and what kind of sex you might hope to have. And like we said last week with Triss and Shawnee and the 19, we needed those foundation characters in order to build upon and make the games that we have today. Yeah, so they're not as in-depth as we normally like to go, but we do our best and there's still lots of good stuff to talk about. We'll once again be discussing two romance options in one episode, as these are kind of a stretch to be considered romances. So get ready to wander the wastes with the subjects of today's episode. Kate the Brawler and the Brotherhood of Steel's own Paladin Dance from Fallout 4. We'll go ladies first and start with Kate. Now I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but your kindness is starting to make me wonder if there's anything I learned in the combat zone. It was that nobody does things for other people without expecting something in return. Kate's story is a tragic one, unfortunately. Her parents were abusive, and she was sold into slavery. Eventually, she murdered her own parents for revenge, and then ended up addicted to Psycho, a common drug in the wasteland that is aptly named for the effects on the user. She spent the last few years as a cage fighter to fund her addiction, and her character arc can be summed up as, let me fix you. No matter if you romance her or just befriend her, Kate is a project. And while you can help her overcome her chem addiction, she will always be a fighter at heart. She is definitely not the white picket fence. 2.5 kids and a golden retriever kind of lady. By the time you meet Kate, she's been fighting in the arena at the combat zone for three years. During this time, she had a love interest named Stratton, but he was abusive just like everyone else who claimed to love her so far in life, which has led Kate to build some intense walls around herself for protection. She does not trust anyone. As you heard in the clip we just played of her, she also has an Irish accent. Or... Rather, an accent that's stereotypically Irish. She's also a redhead, just to really nail the trope home of the fiery red-headed Irish brawler. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's also an alcoholic. Just putting this out there, stereotypes are not good for anyone, but especially problematic ones like these. And also, why does she have an accent? Who knows? <laughs> the only plausible explanation is that transatlantic travel is still somehow possible in 2287. In order to get Kate as a companion, you must visit the Combat Zone in the Theater District of downtown Boston. You need to first clear the area of raiders before you can talk to Kate and convince her to follow you around and carry all your crafting junk. (laughs) 
Fallout 4 has an approval system. And in order to gain Kate's approval, all you need to do is be violent and chug alcohol. (laughs) And if you take off all of your clothes and run around naked, she loves that. What she absolutely hates is people using other people. It's also all she's known, though. Her parents abused her, and once she turned 18, they immediately sold her off. Tommy, at the combat zone, liked to refer to her as Little Bird, because she was caged and wanted freedom. But in between these were her five years in slavery. I was with those slavers for five years. Roughest five of my goddamn life. The things they made me do. The way they used me for their amusement. It sickens me to me stomach even thinking about it. But I bided me time and learned to use their own methods against them. Stealing a few caps out of a sleeping man's pocket is a piece of cake. As long as you don't get greedy. (sighs) I don't even want to imagine what kind of hell she was forced to live through. The wasteland is not for the faint of heart. And it's also not easy to survive. Kate earned enough caps to buy her own freedom after five years, and this is when she goes and murders her parents in a fit of revenge. Was it the best choice overall? Probably not. It might have felt good in the moment, but in the moment immediately afterwards? We don't usually play clips this close together, but I think it's important you hear it from Kate. You did what you had to do. Did I? When I closed me eyes... All I can see is their faces twisted with fear. And then my mind starts wandering and I start judging myself. And it's ripping me the fuck apart. You think I inject myself with all that shite and drink myself drunk because I'm a tough Irish girl. I do it so I can forget and move on with my miserable life. So there you are. The entire flawed package known as Kate. Stripped bare for your perusal. Ugh. Stripped bare for your perusal. Kate's entire life so far has been marked by trauma. She suffered immense abuse at the hands of her parents, and unresolved childhood trauma greatly affects us as adults. Childhood trauma chips away at the child's stability and sense of self. It undermines their self-worth, and these feelings can impact a person into adulthood. Common feelings stemming from childhood trauma are shame, guilt, feeling disconnected and unable to relate to others, trouble controlling emotions and heightened anxiety, depression, and anger. Check, check, check for Kate. To make things worse, a child who experiences trauma from the hands of a caretaker or parent can develop an attachment disorder. This means that the way they connect with others is not healthy and not appropriate, such as a dismissive avoidant attachment style, When caretakers ignore or reject a child's needs when that child becomes an adult, they may become extra independent in order to protect themselves from being rejected again. Or fearful avoidant attachment. When a child is exposed to abuse and neglect as an adult, they are distrustful and have a difficult time sharing emotions. And this sounds a lot like how Kate has gone through life so far. Kate is at a crossroads in her life thanks to you letting her come along on your adventure and not rot in the combat zone. She uses chems and alcohol to try and cope with what must be crushing guilt and shame, coupled with anxiety and depression. 
But these chems and alcohol are only making things worse. She's basically on the fast track to dying when you meet her. Despite her obvious signs of self-harm, she was undefeated for over a hundred fights when you pick up her contract and take her from the fighting pit. If you befriend her enough and she opens up to you, amazed that there is a person in her life that genuinely cares for her, you'll get her loyalty quest. It's called Benign Intervention, and it will take you to Vault 95 to find a cure for her addictions. This is necessary to romance her. So, you'll make your way to the vault, which was used as a social experiment on addiction recovery, so it has the means to help Kate overcome her own addiction. You'll have to fight your way through as usual, as the gunners have taken over the vault as a base of operations. When you finally get to the part of the vault that holds the cure, Kate suddenly gets worried that it won't help her. Why would it? Nothing ever has. Problems are sitting in that room, but I don't know if I should go through with it. If you don't go in there, you could die. I know. I know. But what if the psycho's the only thing keeping me together? What if this opens me eyes and I don't like what I see? There were reasons I dulled the pain. Things I didn't want to face. Things I was trying to forget. I'd rather be spitting blood than relive in the past. Of course, you'll need to cure her of her addiction if you want her to grow to be her best self. The process doesn't look pretty. She's strapped to a chair, and from the sounds she was making, it sucked to experience. But it works. She is cured. From this moment on, she will not approve of you using chems in front of her. She'll actually disapprove it. She also becomes much more friendly, but not so far as to approve any altruistic actions. She's still Kate, just not high and less drunk. She's got a new lease on life, though, thanks to you. And if you go from friends to lovers, she actually has someone special in her life now, too. Kate only has two missions in the game, her initial companion acquisition quest and her loyalty quest, Benign Intervention. Other than that, the way to get her as a lover is to raise her affinity high enough by being violent and rude to people, and apparently also running around naked. Once you've maxed out her affinity, she'll mention that she has something she needs to discuss with you. The following clip is kind of long. It's the entire declaration of love with Kate, but it's worth listening to. Okay, and I will also point out that every time you raise an affinity, it makes a little squeaky Hong Kong noise. Sometimes it's really funny and like horribly placed, but it's also something that we can't remove from the audio. So the random honka honka noise is not me. I swear to God, it's not me. <laughs> but yes, let's listen to the declaration of love. The longer we've been spending time together, the more I'm beginning to realize what you mean to me. And I'm not just talking about you watching me back or sharing a drink together. I mean more than that. Before we met, I'd never let me guard down around anyone. I didn't dare. But with you, I feel like I can let you in and see me for everything that I am. For better or for worse. Look, I can't go back to the way things were before we met. I won't. But what I need you to do is look me in the eyes and tell me you feel something too. Of course I do. I'm in love with you, Kate. You... you're what? You said... You're in love with me. I... I didn't know. I mean, I felt something between us. 
But I thought it was something else. Why? Why would you fall in love with someone as screwed up as I am? Because you're special to me, Kate. And I don't think I'd be happier with anyone else. You... you really mean that? This has to be the first time I put all my cards on the table and didn't end up losing everything. You don't know how much this means to me. To have someone special in my life. I promise you. I mean to make the most of it. So, what am I supposed to do with this? The scene fades to black before any action happens on screen. Well, I figured it could go one of two ways. I troll AO3 for some really good fanfic and read that? Or I focus on sexual compatibility and make some educated inferences on what their relationship would be like in the long term. So I decided it was probably best to go with my own imagination and put my sexual psychology classes to work. I think that a long-term relationship between the sole survivor and Kate would be difficult if she is living and staying sober for the survivor. If she continues down the path of sobriety and wants to do it for herself, then I think they can really make it go for it. It seems like they really do develop feelings for each other, and there are some really sweet moments when you wake up next to Kate. Sometimes she'll say, rise and shine, love, and others she'll say, oh, I might have pulled a muscle last night. Misleads me to how their sex life would be. I'm having some pretty naughty thoughts about you right now. So I'd say we're doing pretty damn good. If I had to make a guess on sexual compatibility between two consenting adult humans. Hmm. Yeah, I think they can make it work. There are no complications between these two that I can pick at or glaring things that would make it hard for them to have a fun time. Yeah, I think they're okay in that department. As far as the romance goes, we don't have too much of a difference between romanced Kate and a befriended Kate. The dialogue we just played, not the naughty one, <laughs> the one before it, is pretty much the only difference. If you choose a different dialogue option and stay friends, she'll say something else. I think it's sweet that you can help Kate get clean and give her a new purpose to her life. But it's important to note, this is depressing, around 40 to 60% of adults will relapse at some point in their life. Of addicts, I'm sorry. Although perhaps Kate will be clean forever thanks to the unique way she got clean in the first place. I love that the sole survivor has been the first positive influence in Kate's life, but that's a lot of pressure, and Kate could end up replacing her addiction to chems with codependency. I'm not sure what a long-term relationship with Kate would look like, but given how violent the wasteland is, I'm not sure if that's a real concern for them. One major positive with Kate is she does not live for anything other than the present, and that's exactly how she's been able to survive for so long. Kate's also very flirty, so a sole survivor in a relationship with her should expect her to suggest threesomes with some of their companions and even go so far as to consider going ghoul for Hancock. Same Kate, same, honestly. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that about wraps it up for Kate, but we're not done yet. Let's take a quick mid-break, talk about some fun facts, hear from our sponsors, and thank our patrons. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Fun facts. You might recognize Paladin Dance's voice if you played the original Resident Evil game. Peter Jessup, the voice actor for Paladin Dance, also voiced Albert Wesker. He also voiced the Reaper Sovereign in Mass Effect. Katie Townsend is doing her best impression of an Irish accent in Fallout 4 for Kate, but she's actually Scottish? And she uses her real accent for Suvi in Mass Effect Andromeda. And not to mention, the female voice actor of the sole survivor is none other than Courtney Taylor, who voices Jack. So it's a big Fallout Effect family. I'm so glad you added that in because I forgot to <laughs> for Courtney Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the second I heard her voice after I had replayed Mass Effect 2, I was like, it's Jack. Oh my gosh. I was like, there's one line specifically, like, I will fucking destroy you. And it is so like, who's talking? Is it Jack? Mm -hmm. Or is it the survivor? Because it's exactly the same. She has such a good voice. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay, away from voices now, I guess. But here's me to talk about Irish stuff. As your local Celtic lady, from America, because you know that's how it works. (laughs) The name Kate is an Irish name, meaning pure. So it's definitely ironic, because the Kate we know is the complete opposite of pure. But the mother of me is saddened by that, because we're all born pure. She was made this way, by forces outside of her control. So I'm glad that she gets a redemption story with the sole survivor. Um, I will say, in, in Ireland, they would say it Kathleen, instead of Caitlin. That's how you pronounce that. The word... Kate, C-A-I-T, also in Irish, means cats. It's pronounced cut. Nice. And that was your Gaelic lesson. Kitty Kate. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now it's time to thank the patrons. Shanko, Apollo, Toasty, Wynn, Luke, and Stone Mystios. And our newest patron, who just signed up 15 minutes prior to the show, (laughs) Daddy Bat Knight, we thank you. Thank you, thank you to all of you so, so much for showing your support. We really do appreciate it. And some pretty big news that the live stream has noticed tonight. These two girls have reached affiliate status with Twitch. We now stream twice a week. Wednesday nights are me running around Night City playing my first ever Cyberpunk 2077 playthrough. And Friday nights are the live recording of the episodes. Both are at 7.30 Pacific Standard Time. So come give us a follow or a sub if you can. That would be super cool. I also wanted to pop in and just kind of give a little bit of an update on Rex and how she's doing because so, so many of you have reached out going, hey, I'm sending my love, I'm sending my happiness, my good energy, my vibes, my thoughts, my prayers, and I really want to thank you for it. You know, it's... (sighs) 
it's one thing to say like like oh yes please keep your prayers coming but honestly and this is just one of those cosmic universal moments that i have to believe that there is something out there that is making little moments and coincidences and little things in my life happen in ways that i can't fully explain okay one of the biggest things that prevented my daughter from coming home so that way she can be in our personal care instead of at the hospital was that she cannot be transported without a specific transport wheelchair. She also needs uh, easy access to physical therapy, occupational therapy, and blood work. Um, so that way we can do that in home services instead of just, you know, traveling and transporting her to the hospital every time she needs those things. For stretcher transport, it costs approximately $800 one way in order to do that because it takes, it takes medical knowledge in order to do that. And unfortunately, anything that's not considered a medical emergency is not covered by my insurance. Now, what we can do is uh, transport her by wheelchair. And with wheelchair access, that means that we can use fucking Uber. We can use Lyft. We can use our local um, transportation network because we have an amazing transportation system here in Portland that allows us to do that. It's $2.50 one way to get straight from our house to wherever we need to go to. And so there is a hospital in Washington that donated the chair. I'm going to cry. And it's because it's, it's really amazing what this guy did for us. He took apart three separate wheelchairs in order to piecemeal together a chair that allows her to travel. So we have a chair that now we can transport her in and get her to her doctor's appointments in order to see her uh, primary care instead of having to travel for 16 miles, which now her hospital is only a mile and a half to two miles away. But one of the biggest things, and that I feel like this is the way that the universe or God or cosmic energy, whatever you want to call it, all the good that I know is being put out there is coming back at us. So just yesterday, we found out that a company well-established in Vancouver, Washington, just 20 minutes away from us here down in Portland, has branched out to include the town that I live in. They take my insurance and they do physical therapy, occupational therapy, and blood work in home for pediatric kids. So they just started last week working in my town. And they said that they would love to take Rex on as a patient. So everything that we needed in order for her to come home fell into place like that. We got the chair. We got the doctors that she needs. And everything just worked out. So keep sending the love. 
keep sending the energy, the vibes, the thoughts, the prayers. It's working, guys. I'm so glad. I mean, I'm. this is the first time I'm hearing this, too. So that's really cool. I, I'm thankful that you live in an area with access like that. Because I currently live in an area with a lot less and I am not, I don't have anything medical like that going on. But two years ago when I broke my arm and had a breastfeeding infant, my husband being in the military was unable to take leave. I tried to get some kind of home health care to come help me during the day while he was gone. And they like just didn't have that. (sighs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm just so thankful that you live somewhere that has those things available to you. Especially even if it just happened last week. I'm so glad that exists because, and it should exist everywhere. Yeah. It should be a right to have healthcare. It should not cost you $800 to move your daughter, you know? Yeah. At all. That should, should not be a thing. So, but I am yeah. happy that it's working out so far and it will keep working out. Yep. Yep. All right. I think that's where we're going to end it. And now let's get into paladin dance i've seen other soldiers come and go some were brave some were honest hell some were even downright heroic but i'd never consider any of them to be a good friend a friend like cutler was until now dance is a paladin in the brotherhood of steel the ones that wear the big epic power armor he's a man of principle and utmost discipline and that is very uncommon in the commonwealth He is also stubbornly loyal to the Brotherhood, and his beliefs align closely with theirs. Which means that bad luck for any ghouls, synths, and super mutants who you may have befriended in your travels. He thinks that they are monsters that need to be destroyed for the good of the Commonwealth. Dance is about as opposite from Kate as you can get. Yeah, pretty much. Like everyone in the Wasteland, Dance has had a sad childhood. His earliest memories are of him, orphaned, scavenging the DC ruins to make a meager living before he eventually opened up his own junk stand in Rivet City. If you played Fallout 3, you'll remember that Rivet City is an old rusty aircraft carrier docked outside of DC. He befriended a man named Cutler, and together they scraped by as traitors. Soon the Brotherhood of Steel came through recruiting, and both Dance and Cutler agreed it was the best way to leave their life behind. Both were placed under the command of Paladin Krieg and became successful soldiers. A year went by and Cutler went on assignment one day and never came back. Dance led a three-week search for him and his missing squad. And at the end of the trail, they found a super mutant hive. Cutler's squad had been killed and most likely eaten. And Cutler himself had been exposed to the forced evolutionary virus, or the virus that turns a human into a super mutant. Dance was saddened, but ultimately his beliefs won out, and he killed Cutler, leaving him with an intense hatred of all non-humans. Dance continued to rise up the ranks, and by the time you meet him in the Commonwealth, he and what's left of his squad are holed up in the Cambridge police station. He offers you a quest to retrieve a mystical item from a nearby dungeon. Oh, wait. I mean, he asks you to help him get a deep-range transmitter from the nearby ArcJet Systems Complex. The Institute has overrun the complex, 
So you get to show off your moves, and they impress Dance enough that he asks if you want to join the Brotherhood as an initiate. <laughs> like that. Good job. Um, we should probably tell you, in case you don't know, or it's been a while since you've played Fallout 4, but the Institute is basically a mysterious and highly technologically advanced organization that is known for stealing people and replacing them with androids, called synths, as in synthetic humans. Like a really advanced version of fairies and changeling babies. Except it could happen to anyone, at any time. Your husband? A synth. Your mother? A silent. Oh, wait, sorry, wrong universe. All of this has happened before, and all of this will happen again. So say we all. We are them and they are us. <laughs> so Dance takes it upon himself to follow you around to ensure the Brotherhood's ideals are being upheld. Not sure how he got approval for that, but maybe he has a lot of leave saved up. He strikes me as the I live to work type. He even goes so far as to appoint himself your mentor. Ooh, just call him Daddy Dance, I guess. He opens up to you about his past as you travel with him, telling you about his mentor in the Brotherhood, Paladin Krieg. He also opens up about all that he has suffered at the brutal hands of the wasteland. This is why he's so passionate about eradicating all non-human threats from the Commonwealth. He just wants humanity to be safe. It's taken me a long time to realize it. But the reason Krieg was so tough on me is the same reason I'm so tough on you. It's because I believe in you. And I don't want to see any of your potential go to waste. I'm flattered that you have so much faith in me. You've earned that faith by your own hand. Well, I've said what I had to say, and I hope that it meant something to you. Dance is the classic example of a knight in shining power armor, and he is stubbornly attached to the authoritarian, paternalistic tendencies of the Brotherhood, much to his detriment as we come to find out. He believes that synths are the embodiment of technology, spiraling out of control and that their existence could spell the end of humanity. He will be downright cold to the non-human companions, such as Hancock and Strong. He usually tries to stay distant and professional, but you can crack his professionalism with some well-timed flirts, especially as you get closer to him. It's comforting to know that I can speak to you as more than just your commanding officer. Does this mean you'd be there to hold me if... I ever needed it? I... Uh, I don't know. I, I never thought you'd ask me something like that. It would depend on the circumstances, but I suppose we'll just have to see what happens when the time comes. <laughs> I want to know what the circumstances he is thinking of are. <laughs> <laughs> the flirting and romance progression isn't very fleshed out, even compared to Kate. Almost all of his missions revolve around the Brotherhood of Steel with him as just an accompanying companion, with the exception of the last one. As the main story progresses, you as the sole survivor will be able to hack into the Institute's mainframe. After this, you can choose to share a copy of the data you stole with the Brotherhood. Oh, and what's this? Paladin Dance is actually a missing synth? Designation M797? <gasps> this, to me, is the same level of schadenfreude I feel when I find out yet another fundamentalist evangelical pastor is actually like a Josh Duggar-type scenario. 
Methinks the lady doth protest too much. This is some epic karma. Ugh. So Dance goes AWOL because of course he is overwhelmed by this. Elder Maxon, the leader of the Brotherhood in the Commonwealth, orders you to track Dance down and execute him like the dirty synth he is. Is there a larger lesson here about compassion and overcoming perceived differences to see our overwhelming similarities? Nope. Let's just kill him. Dance, like the good little soldier he is, will calmly accept his fate if you choose to execute him. But we are not doing that. We came here to see what sex with a synth is all about. Maybe he can rival Geralt's witcher stamina. (laughs) Who knows? See, I wish we could know, though, with the first ever synth. I don't care about dance. I want Nick Valentine. And I'll never stop saying that, Bethesda. Okay, when you find Dance, he's on the verge of unaliving himself and is adamant that he did not know he was a synth. I believe you, Dance. He insists that he must be the example, not the exception, and practically begs you to end him in his miserable existence. Let's not. And you'll have to convince Elder Maxon to not kill him too and ensure Dance survives this mission called Blind Betrayal in order to finalize the romance. (sighs) No unaliving, damn it. When they next meet, Dance is still grappling with the new reality he finds himself in. There's a lot of ingrained hatred and fear, and he now needs to unwrap himself from around it. He is grateful to be alive, at least, although his whole life is completely altered by this revelation. He's no longer Paladin Dance. He's somewhere between Disgrace Dance and M797. Are his memories of childhood scavenging in DC ruins just lines of code? Or was Dance a real person at one time? You can comfort him, saying that you'll always be there for him. And he'll respond with this. I don't know if it's friendship or an anomaly in my programming. After all, I'm not really human, but whatever it is. I can't deny that I'm feeling closer to you than anyone else I've ever met. I feel the same way, Dance. I'm... I'm only hoping it's more than just friendship. Are you saying you're in love with me? This doesn't make any sense. After everything the Brotherhood taught you, how could you be in love with, well, a machine? I guess you're in love... Like with all Fallout 4 romances, there's the earning the affinity, then choosing some flirt options, and then a final dialogue scene where you choose the one flirt option to rule them all, and that determines whether you're besties or your lovers. I like to call it the declaration of love dialogue. After this, if he is your companion and you sleep in a bed, this is the same with Kate as well, any of your romance companions, you'll awake with a temporary lover's embrace perk. And he'll say something like, ad victorium. (laughs) Yeah, super romantic. I giggle thinking of when exactly he'd say this. Ad victorium is Latin for to victory. So I'm over here dying. (laughs) To victory. (laughs) Like, is that the, like, did you have a successful night? So that's the victory? 
or, you know, I was like, that's the conquest in the bed. So onwards, men to victory. And I don't know. Okay. So, and without knowing what kind of gears I'm working with underneath that power suit, I don't know what to do with this one. A synth has memories, so if Dance had previous lovers, then it might work out okay. Uh, if he has to be trained? Well, I mean, that can work for the survivor, too. <laughs> but I like my men to have more than just a great body and a shy smile. I need reach and flexibility. And I don't think those massive muscles required to wear that power armor is going to give me all that I need. Yeah, yeah, I can't I can't add anything witty to that because I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Garrus forever. <laughs> okay. I love him forever. As far as romance, Dance himself says he can see this relationship lasting a long time. He likes to think of the two of you as partners, which is cute, but for lack of a better phrase, Dance is kind of robotic. <laughs> He's got the hero's build, being a buff triangle. He's awkward when you or anyone else flirts with him, which is endearing. And he'll definitely be able to protect you in the wasteland. Like with Kate, the sole survivor becomes the only person to truly matter to dance, to really see him for who he is and still choose him. That's romantic, and I think they do have a special bond. If you like them buttoned up to the top button, clean cut and lawful good, he's the synth for you. Me? I like a little bit of chaos, so I wouldn't personally pick him. Yeah. I think the dance would totally be the eventual white picket fence. And I can see that from that standpoint of like, all right, this is like the man man. And to go with that option. So I get it. I just, I physically don't know what I'm working with yet. Like, do synths have penises or do I need to buy an attachment for him? What if it's like a Lego and you can just like, just put like different things there? <laughs> I mean, a fully customizable, I, mean, I would fucking take that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't know what he looks like outside of his suit, really. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you mod him and stuff, but in the game, it's like he wakes up in his power armor. Yeah. Now I need to find a sexy dance mod. What? Yeah. Where are you always getting these power cells, though? That's my question. Power armor. Recycling. They're, like, so hard to find. I don't know. Yeah. Can you charge them somewhere? Does the Brotherhood Seal have, like, power cell chargers? I mean, I you would think that they would have to. What about him? How do you charge him? I mean, I can think of How, a couple ways to rev an engine. <laughs> I go. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, so if you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me and our two girls one ship chat on the Robots Radio Discord channel or come give us a follow on all of the social medias and on Patreon at patreon.com slash two girls one ship. Links to those are in the description. I'm on the Robots Radio Discord as well, and on our own Two Girls One Ship Discord server, where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check out our live streams on Twitch on Wednesdays and Fridays 
at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.30 p.m. Pacific Time, or you can watch the YouTube video a few days after the stream. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So, thanks for listening, and remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.